The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. I'm talking about straining for that logo on the side of your helmet and not the name on your back. Yes, sir. Because we know what it represents. It represents everybody here you see and everybody you can't that we've talked about. I'm here to strain with you, man. I swear to God I'm here to strain with you. Let's go. Everything you got, strain with everything you got. Let's go. Bills on three. One, two, three. Bills. You're listening to the Off Tackle with John Fetus Show with your host, Joe Miller. Well, what is going on, everybody? Welcome. Welcome, everybody, into the Off Tackle with John Fetus Show, brought to you by the Market Dominator team on the Buffalo Rumblings Vidcast Network. Presented by Picasso's Pizza. Treat yourself to the most flavorful pizza on game day. I don't know if I'm still supposed to be doing that read or not. Uh, Picasso's We Are Buffalo Pizza. Shipping local and nationwide. Order online at picassospizza.net. I am the host of this year's show. My name is Joe Miller. You can find me on Twitter at Joe Miller Wired. And that over there is the one, the only. We talk about him every single week. John Fina. John, is there no celebratory... Don't touch me. Oh, I got to go this way. Don't touch me. I feel like I could reach across the frames and <laughs> choke you out. I'm so pissed right now. Is and there there's no-, no celebratory cracking of the beer. I was wondering. I just I poured wondering. it, and I got a bourbon back. So I can like I got the bourbon blues. Oh, I got you're going strong. Yeah. You're going strong for this can show. Can I do this? Can I do <laughs> It's a visual joke. Everybody listening in podcast form, I tried to drink two glasses at once. One was full of beer. One is full of, not full of bourbon, but one is a couple fingers of bourbon. Neat. I do not condone this activity on this here show, Buffalo Rumblings. This is not a a message that is verified or approved by Buffalo Rumblings either. Double drinking at the same time. So, Oh, I thought maybe you meant that you go with ice. <laughs> well, I do that as well. But yes, I like mine on the on a on a big rock. I like a big ice cube. So one of the best gifts Beth ever got me was like the ice cube tray that makes the round ones on the big giant ice cubes and stuff like that. But we are off track. It is so good to have every single one of you. Welcome to everybody that is in the uh, comments section that is joining us live. Welcome to everybody consuming this show in podcast form as well. Uh, in audio form, we're grateful to have you. Please like, please subscribe, whatever platform you're consuming this podcast on. We are Super Chat Live. If you are with us uh, on the show live right now, YouTube, uh, or, well, you can Super Chat Live on YouTube. You can't Super Chat Live on Facebook or on Twitter. But, yeah, jump over to YouTube. That's where all the cool kids hang. But, John, is that, true? that is that is very true. Um, yeah, we, uh, why don't we, why don't we, uh, why don't we get the, uh, the video in? you want to get the video in real quick before we have a special guest tonight, uh, for this episode, another special guest. And I think that we're going to have a couple special guests next week for our last show of the season. Yes. You just heard that, right? The last show of the year is next week. God, um, that's horrible to say out loud. It is horrible to say out loud. It just kind of like pushes the nail in even further. But uh, I have not, we have yet to announce who's going to be with us, but we'll have some people with us next week. So to kind of finish the season out, we'll talk about some fun stuff. But yes, let's hear from our show sponsor, our title sponsor, John Spazjack. Hello, Buffalo football family. My name is John Spazjack, and I am the market dominator as well as the very proud sponsor of the John Fina Show hosted by Joe Miller. You know, these are some of my very good friends And I love what they do because they bring such a high level of excellence to the show, breaking the game down, helping us as fans understand it more. And so we can. He's talking about me, by the way. 
I know. Engage with love and support for our Buffalo football team. Now, folks, if you're looking to engage in real estate, I'm your guy because I will bring these same qualities to the table for you to help you win in this competitive market. So whether you're selling or buying, you need to call 716-570-3298 if you want to win. Let's go, Buffalo. Let's go, Buffalo next year. Uh, well, uh, you know, I got to Can we go Sabres? Let's go Buffalo Sabres. No, I'm not a hockey guy. You keep your Sabres. What we're going to say. I was going to say that's about the most uplifting and elevated I've felt since uh, <laughs> since I left the damn game. Uh, if you are in the market uh, to buy or sell a home, please call the Market Dominator team at 716-570-3298, 716-570-3298. Just so everybody knows, John was my real estate agent. So John actually uh, helped me through my process of buying my home. And it was a very scattered and very fast transaction uh he got us early occupancy which in new york state is almost impossible uh john is the man he got our deal we we closed early so normally it takes like two months in this stupid state to close in new york state he got us closed i think it was 44 days or something like that which is unbelievable so yes if you want to win in this market call john and his team again 716-570-3298 the good news is john Pina. A lot of our listeners have called John, and uh, you know John Spazczyk. That's good because when I when I buy my house in Buffalo, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna use John Spazczyk. That would be perfect. But yep. you know John Spazczyk. I know John Spazczyk. The person that we're about to bring on also knows John Spazczyk. Uh, she is the uh, founder of the Bills Mafia Babe. She's a very good friend of mine. She's a very good friend of John Fina and John Spazczyk. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the show, Kristen Kimmick. Kristen. Hi, guys. How are you? you well, uh, we're happy to have you, but not too thrilled about the timing. <laughs> we were hoping to, you know, I promised you you'd be on the last show, right? That was that was the promise. Wait. I, I was. Oh, yeah. okay. Wait. Yeah, it's my, it's my show. Was it scheduled to be the last show? No, so it's your fault. I, it's your I, fault. No, 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 no. I didn't say you're coming on next week. I said we want you for the season finale, oh, hopefully okay. February 23rd or something. Oh, okay. All of us live together. Okay, okay, okay. Oh yeah, like it's my pain. fault. That's yeah. a lot of pain, you know. So now I understand Ooh, what happened. I had to talk my way out of that one, Kimmick. Back me up. <laughs> so now i understand what happened because because john earlier today on the phone with me was like so we're done tonight right and i was like no no, no we got one more our sponsors our sponsors have us through january and he's like oh <laughs> <laughs> it hurts let's let kimmick talk does it hurt where does it hurt yeah, yeah well yeah show us where the bills hurt you yeah <laughs> everywhere my brain my chest my heart you know I'm physically standing in the cold for how many games? Right. My whole body. I think my joints will never be the same after Chicago. Oh like, yeah, right. You know? Yeah, I'm just glad that that Chicago weather didn't make it to Buffalo as far as during a football game because I probably would have tapped out. 27 last week was amazing because the sun was shining. So like sure. I was on the I'm on the visitor side, so we were peeling clothes off because it was warm, it was hot. Like mm-hmm. I wasn't wearing my gloves. I didn't have my stocking cap on. Uh, but yeah, if it had been tens, I probably would have not even had sold my given my tickets away i probably just wouldn't have gone i've been like i'm not doing that like no chicago no. was actually five degrees technically Ooh. but it, the like the feels like was like negative 20 or 25 it That's was crazy the coldest i've ever felt in my life well before we get started as much as john is asking you about the football game already for those listeners that we have and there's probably some of them uh tell everybody Kristen, who you are tell them uh what you have done as far as with this wonderful charity that you have created uh tell them where they can find you and then we'll start talking about just some of your experiences this year cool so i am um i'm kristen kimmick i'm the founder and president of the bills mafia babes um bills mafia babes started as a community actually for women just to kind of you know bond together be able to cheer together support one another make new friends you know and no matter what city you're in to go watch games together and um, started with 25 women in the group and organically grew itself over the last six years to have over 27,000 women in the group. How many? Um, over, I think we're at 27,300 and, and change right now. <laughs> Good wow. so, That's amazing. Yeah, about like a year and a half, two years ago, we became a 501c3 nonprofit as well. And so we actually work with a different player every month um, to bring awareness to a charity or a foundation if they have their own foundation 
um, or, you know, a charity that they're really attached to. And then we do fundraisers and events and everything that we can to raise as much money for them as we can within 30 days. And then we start again the next month and do it all over. That's awesome. Do you have a count of how many people you've helped so far since, since you came into existence? Yeah. Um, I mean, not physical people, right. Because I don't know, you know, what the outcome of the foundational work is on their end. Right. But we've worked with, um, we've doubled up on a couple of them. So I think we're around maybe 21 different players. That's awesome. Um, that we've worked with, yeah, in the last two years. Now is the, 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 what are the dolphins girls called? No, oh, the dolphins darlings. Yeah. <laughs> are they, are they affiliated with you? I just, so I saw some of your back and forth with some of them uh, <laughs> after the dolphins game. I'm like, wait, what is this? So are you like with 26 shirts in Chicago, 26 shirts in Buffalo, are you affiliated with them at all? No, I mean, we don't have any direct affiliation yet, mm-hmm. um, but we have obviously, you know, we've become friends. There's the chiefs chicks, there's the dolphins darlings. There's mm. now the bears babes. Um, and so little by little, we're starting to connect and, you know, I mean, once our teams up are playing each other, there's no, there's nothing wrong with like having friendly banter and actually right. becoming friends. So right. met a bunch of women across the United States this year with being able to travel to the games. I was meeting them in person and it was just really cool. You know, the bears babes. I think you should take a play a page out of the bills playbook and, uh, trademark the word babes and then send cease and desist to everybody trying to do good things with the word babes. So yeah. Hey, we're- on it actually <laughs> hey K- hey Kimmick, how many games did you get to this year good question all of them um, all of them everywhere all at once oh wait that was a movie <laughs> yeah it's all in one weekend <laughs> <laughs> it was an exhausting weekend <laughs> I, yeah around the world and, what yeah. was your do, did you have a favorite trip i'm you know went to all of them so we answered that mm-hmm. but did you have a favorite one like oh i hope we play there again that was awesome yeah actually i mean you know, I loved Kansas City and hanging out with you guys there was awesome. Um, so that was probably fun-wise my favorite trip of the season. Um, that or it actually kind of rivals rivals with Miami as well. That was a blast. But obviously the game outcome on that one was not. So um, outside of that, I actually really am blessed. We were, we were blessed to go there twice. But I fell in love with Detroit. Mm. Um, they are a hidden gem of a city once you get inside downtown. Their stadium is phenomenal, and honestly, their fans there were were pretty great as well. So, Cincinnati, we obviously saw the the outpouring of love from fans in real time, mm-hmm. um, and that was really something that I will never forget. Um, you know, Bengals fans walking up to you, hugging you within the stadium, you know, letting us know that they're also praying and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. yeah, I think um, they're a great city, a great fan base over there. Um, which obviously that's tough to say when we just had a loss to them yesterday. But I still want to have no ill will towards them. Um, as fans and as a city themselves right see that's the moment where i'm like yeah i lived in columbus ohio an hour and a half north of cincinnati for a long time and columbus is filled with steeler fans and cleveland diehard cleveland brown fans and this is where it gets tough for me because Mm -hmm. like i have a lot of friends that are and I, i put this on facebook that monday night you know i was wishing all of my Bengal fan friends quotes finger quotes because literally conversations with with Steeler fans, diehards, right? We all know how Steeler fans are. Brown fans are akin to Bills fans. You just you can't crush their souls. No matter like since since I don't even since Jim Brown, the Browns have done nothing. And and like Browns fans will not die. They will not they they <laughs> I'm gonna say they hired they hired a sexual predator, like right in their quarterback, and they're still supporting that football team. Got more power to them. Bengal fans, on the other hand, from my experience, and I'm sure that there's some watching us on Facebook right now because I'm still connected to a lot of them. You know, when I got to Columbus, Ohio, and through the 13 years that I was there, it was basically, oh, who do you root for? The Bengals. Oh, you're a Bengal fan. Great. You're going to watch the game this weekend? No. (laughs) And I'm like, what? Bengals suck, man. I don't watch watch them when they suck. And that wasn't like, I knew probably (laughs) three real true Bengal fans that even when the Bengals were bad, they were watching the Bengals all the time. And now all of a sudden... John was there and you were there. Our stadium was chock full of orange and black. And I was like, where did these people come from? Because who day, I don't know who you day, like, I don't know who you guys are because you, yeah. So that my experience of Bengal fans, I'm not saying that inside the stadium because Cincinnati is a great city. It's a fantastic city. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that I just, I just, when you talk about fair weather to me and, and keep in mind, they're called the bungles for a reason. I mean, they've done a lot. They didn't do 17 years of no playoffs. Neither did the Browns. 
but they've done a lot to hurt their fan base. But the the, the uh, what's the word? Um, say lackadaisical. That's not the correct word. Um, just as far as being kind of like uh, they're indifferent, apathetic, apathetic. Uh, that's the word. As, as far as being apathetic, fan, fan. Da, 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 da. do I get to take a, a word guess uh, lap around the living room here? Can, please. And now that they've got Joe Burrow, who is world-class and they've got jamar chase who's world-class and yeah and they've got joe mixon in that defense now all of a sudden they're all like all in now i'm not saying I, i'm gonna blame them but that was a really long diatribe on why i disagree with you on their fans are really great but sorry well I, I don't think she's talking about the fans in so far as their history i think she was talking about them as human beings joe and maybe you could try to connect at a human level i might be spiteful right now i might i might have a little <laughs> bit of spite in me <laughs> i know it burned man i i did it burn like i went home after the game and i kind of laid in bed for a little while and i was like i shouldn't be this upset but i was upset yeah yeah, yeah. Kimmick, you're frozen yeah. give us something i can't read you you're like a sphinx you're frozen in time <laughs> no am i actually frozen we can no, hear you but your video's frozen and yeah. hearing you is the most important thing so hearing you is the most important see, part. see your as much, as much as we want to see your lovely face move it doesn't have to we can see you yes um, and but but we can hear you which is clearly the most important thing but uh um i hope my face isn't frozen in a really awkward position but i'm it sure is not. It you, is look, you look you look sinister actually i'm i'm a little frightened <laughs> So what is your greatest takeaway outside of the Monday night DeMar Hamlin game? What was probably your, the highlight? What was your greatest moment or two moments from the season for you? Um, honestly, it was the Patriots game. And I think that that is because of spite. Um, that's a stadium that I have not wanted to go into for the entire, you know, the entirety of it. They're not that far away. They're not hard to drive to, right. but I never wanted to see them when, Tom Brady was playing there, to be honest. Mm -hmm. I had no inkling to go in there, deal with the fans in there. Um, but I'll say it was kind of cathartic being in there this year because we really laid the hammer on in that game. Mm. And um, it was actually kind of therapeutic to look around the stadium. Anytime Josh Allen did anything, anything, um, you could look in any direction and there would be a couple of Patriots fans melting down. And that was, uh, <laughs> that was good for the soul, right? So <laughs> awesome. that was honestly one of them. And then obviously I think the fact that we had some losses, but um, the losses we had were close. They <sighs> really weren't blowouts. Right. And so, you know, there was just a couple of mistakes being made in those obviously outside of last night. And I think that even leaving those losses wasn't as painful um, so I'd say, I mean, like overall, I think that that was a good takeaway over the season is that we've got it. We're, we're on the brink of it. I mean, I thought we were there this year, but that's cool. By the way, uh, from a tech guru, Matt Gavenda, Oh, you're working again. He says that if you, if you freeze, if you turn it off and turn it back on again, it may work again is what he says. He's a, he's okay. a, he's a internet, internet website genius dude. Yeah. Just, just your camera, not your actual microphone as well, but, uh, right. yeah. Uh, Am well, I back? Well, no, still no. So, so no. Matt was Matt was not right. So no, you're fine. You're you're good. Uh, we'll we'll keep rocking and rolling this way. More than likely, you've got a couple of gamers around you that are sucking up all your broadband. So it's just I live alone and like <laughs> I live alone and I'm on my own uh, my own Wi-Fi. So I don't. No, I'm saying people sharing, so they over. I don't want to get into it. It's, it's <laughs> technical. But can we move on? <laughs> right. I'm sorry. I'm ruining talking the about. I'm ruining the show. So that's awesome. Yeah, I only made it uh, to one away game this year, which you both were at, which was the Chiefs game, and that was an absolute epically. It was an epic blast. Like we had a, such a good time, and the Bills came out with the dub. Um, John, how many games did you get to away games this year, or just games in general? Uh, let's see. Uh, just the three, right? Uh, Green Bay in Buffalo and this most recent game and at Kansas KC. City. That's it? Just the three? Gotcha. Which one was your favorite? I think. Heck, I can't remember. Which one was my favorite? Oh, honestly, man, I, I, I have no desire to go to away games. Like People are like, go to Miami. And I'm like, A, I hate Florida. So mm. B, no. D, <laughs> not. <laughs> so anytime I get to Buffalo, it's a favorite game, even when we lose. Because honestly, for me, I can watch the game anywhere. Right. right. And I'm going to watch it again, thanks to this damn show, because I now I have to watch it all the time. 
Uh, so it doesn't matter for me. It's all about going and hanging out with Kimmick and the and the babes and the mafia house and the food. Mm. And the, you know what? Uh, this was my daughter's first game ever. So Mimi Fina was in the house, had a blast, and despite the loss, I mean, we just had an epic time. Awesome. Uh, Pamela actually uh, has a question for you, uh, Kimmick. She asks in a super chat. She says, hey, beautiful Kristen, that's you. Uh, what's your best experience with fans and in what stadium? Which you may have already answered, but if you did, answer it again or if you've got another one or whatever. But, uh, yeah, favorite experience with the fans and in what stadium was it? Fans-wise, um, I'm always going to rock back to uh, Kansas City on that one because they have been nothing but great to me anytime I've been there. I don't know if that's the same, um, same vibe for everybody, I've heard some folks say that they had bad experiences there, but honestly, third time in, I never have. Right, so right. So I'd probably say them. They were they were good. They were fun. Um, behind that, like I said, Detroit was nice. They mm -hmm. were good people, and you know, same thing, Cincinnati. They were. Like John said, they were human. They were human, and they showed it. They were empathetic. So. I have I have not been to every stadium. I haven't been to as many now as you obviously have. I clear neither of us have been to as many as John has been uh, as a player on the field. <laughs> but, but the Chiefs, <laughs> most the of the most of the stadiums I've been to are are torn down now. They've been run into the earth. Uh, the word is condemned, John. You're so uh, old; those buildings have been condemned. Yeah, thank um, God. But uh, to me, the Chiefs fans, and I'm not saying fan experience and that they were the nicest people in the world mm -hmm. fan experience just in the sense of have it together loud understand situational football chant all at the same time they are just the chiefs fan experience is just something that in my opinion every nfl fan should go see at some point and next year you're going to get a chance because the bills are playing there again but uh that to me is just it's just cool being in that stadium and i wish our stadium i think we have the ability to do it like that's good for a Buffalo Bills and the crowd yells first down, like doing all that kind of stuff. For some reason, we don't, but I feel like we could if the broadcast announcer dude from the country station here in Buffalo, WYRK, would do those things. I think it would work. But uh, mm. you guys agree, disagree? Did you did you feel a better fan experience that way competitively than the Chiefs one, the Chiefs fans? Yeah, absolutely not. I mean, they bring the noise. When <laughs> you were right. in there, it's almost deafening at right. times. Right, right. Um, and even with how many Bills fans travel there, even, you know, the, the 13 seconds game last year, yep, um, we had a lot of Bills fans in that stadium for that. And they were still, you know, yep. <laughs> <laughs> so it, even that one, they were, they were even louder, obviously, at that. But holy smokes, it's just, it's a ton. Yeah, crazy, crazy, crazy loud. So uh, with that, before we jump into the game yesterday and we get just some overarching thoughts which john's already fanning himself uh yeah i'm just like I, I i love talking about all this fun stuff but i know we got to get to this part and i'm just dreading it so i'm fanning myself well before but, we do, you get to talk about house capital yeah i mean the upside is especially in this market if you're looking for a mortgage you want a pro when you're looking to buy a house everybody's got a guy none of them as good as john spazcheck but when you need a mortgage you got to get the right guy you get anybody can do work on your roof. Anybody can do the plumbing. I mean, an inspection. Uh, the three blind mice can do that. But when you want financing, you go to Brian Belser from House Capital. That's it. He's your guy. Brian Belser, House Capital. His relationships with the, with the lenders in your area will get your deal done. So when you need a loan, go to Brian Belser at House Capital. He didn't give me a phone number. But you can find the guy. And here's the NMLS number if you want it. Uh, you want to say, the, you say the word again? The NMLS? <laughs> NMLS. What did I say? Oh, I thought it was. Oh, never mind. It's NMLS. <laughs> okay. It sounds funny saying that. For some reason, I, I, all I can hear is MLS. But yeah, go ahead. You're fine. <laughs> yeah, you're done. All right. Call Brian Belser at House Capital. Now we five, have to. 585. 585-309. That is not his that I'm giving out a cell phone number. I better Oh not yeah, it. just like Smash Check. <laughs> better not. You're going that. down, Belser. Uh there it is right now. And I can't drop Kimmick out, but it's 716-815. Kimmick, don't go anywhere. 2102-815-2102. Kimmick, we got your back. Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah, can you hear you? Okay, making sure. <laughs> Am I still frozen? All yeah, right, uh, Kristen. Not, not, you're a black screen now, so I've I've, 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 I've totally ruined. Oh, now there you're back. you are. Hey. Uh, Where am I moving? Uh, you're you're. 
You're yeah, not we, moving anywhere, but what you're going to do is you're going to move me and Joe and the audience. We're going to give you first take, top line thoughts. Uh, I don't care if it's the game, the coaching, uh, expectations, ready. You're the general manager. Go. Oof. Defensive coaching. Mm. That was a big one. Um there are some things that came out of that that I, I cannot believe some of those plays that were even were even called on that field. Um, that was the I honestly that was the most frustrating part. I mean, other side of the ball though, like you can't you're not going to win football games with only putting up ten points, especially in a playoff game. Um, so I think that there was just I mean our O line was Josh got hit so many times that it, it, both his elbows were bleeding. You know, like come on, it, it just where did that team go that we watched all season? Where did they go? Because last night was not it. Um, uh, I'm just still spiraling over it, to be honest. Yeah, for sure. We have a super chat real quick from uh, Matt Govenda. Uh, thank you for being a part of the show, bro. Appreciate you. He says, uh, to us, all of us, thank you for doing this show all year. Sucks that the year ended this way, and there's lots of questions going into the offseason. He just says, thank you. So, Matt, thank you for the super chat. Thank you for being a part of the show. We appreciate you. John, you get to go next. What were your just overall arching thoughts of the game? I'm sure they probably align with Kristen's. Yeah, you know, Joe, we talk about it all the time. No expectation that Leslie Frazier is going to do anything outside of his comfort zone, and it just killed us. Mm-hmm. We sat back. We watched. We waited. They exposed the middle of the field. They exposed the sideline. It, w- it was before we knew it, we were down 14. I mean, you shouldn't. you shouldn't that shouldn't happen to you when you're going for the championship, right? You got to hold them. It's it, it, 10 to 10 to zero. Right. Right. Or, you know, so that was just absolutely disheartening right from get go. You knew we're just going to try to, we're going to wing it. That pissed me off. Yeah. Uh, offensively. I only watched the first half and like you could see me like rubbing my brow because we waited to get into the running game. The running game was working. We come out in the third quarter. I've only watched that drive. We're driving the field. We're using the running game properly. And as soon as we get a first down, now we're throwing it down the field again. Mm. The, the, we, the variety of our plays and the identity of our plays, and nothing fits together. Right. Nothing fits together. And then I just tweet, I just texted you and Spence and Jerry O. You know, we got first and goal. In the third quarter, we need a touchdown. We're lining up to run the ball, and we got two blockers in the backfield, and they basically have 80 jerseys on. We got Isaiah McKenzie lined up behind the guard. Mm. I don't get it. And we're running the ball in that direction. Right, right. You know, so uh, top-line revenue here. There, I would not be shocked to see changes made at the leadership level on both sides of the ball. And I'm not calling for jobs. I'm not saying that they're bad people. I'm not saying that they can't evolve, but they should have evolved for this game. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's well said. Thoughts thoughts for me is, you know, there was just a lot of I don't understand. Like, there was so much I don't understand what's going on that it was hard to be mad during the game. It was just very, like, I don't, like, what are we doing right now? This doesn't make any sense. You're, you're waiting for somebody to make a play. Josh's presser, he talked about the fact that they've been pretty good. When they needed to go down the, go down the field and get points, they could, almost at will. You know, scoring at the, at the end of, at the end of, before the end of halftime, or before halftime, rather. They've always been good at that. They couldn't get that done. There was just a lot of moments. And then there was a lot of, like, there was two 12-man on the defense issues, one was when the timeout was called to prevent the penalty. The second one was a penalty. It's like a championship caliber football team is having these issues, like 12 men on the field more than once in a game, uh, playing seven, eight yards off on third and five against Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd, Boyd and T Higgins. Nobody being able to make a tackle, you know, something like half of the yards that, that, uh, that Joe Mixon got were after contact in that football game. It just the the amount of peanut butter that you could spread across this game, you know, in the sense of like, when is a team? Did you put that? When no, is no, you gotta love my comment. Uh, everybody's been reading and listening to everybody today, losing their minds about the Buffalo Bills, and I'm thinking about it. The coaching that, and here's the here's the line I came out with. This game was so bad that just about every take you've heard today from anyone is at least 75% true. It's fair. It's fair. I mean, and, and and when you look at Stephon Diggs, 
um, you know, and just that scenario. And I wanted to give him the benefit of the doubt that he was trying to get home through the traffic to see his brother play football, like because his brother was on the very next game. It's now since kind of come out that he was upset. Um, so when I when I understand that he's <clears throat> excuse me, he's upset, there's an aspect of, you know, I, I you understand. But at the same time, Josh was running for his life most of that football game. And I'm not saying that he made good decisions. He like blamed some of the play calls on himself, like in his presser. He was like, you know, maybe I didn't get the play calls right. Maybe I slid the protections the wrong direction. So, I mean, he was owning way more of it than I was comfortable with him owning it. But, you know, when you see just how dejected the players were, how numb they were to kind of just what happened, how Matt Milano's comments, we had no juice, we had no energy, like there was no momentum on our side of the football. I just, it, it was very much a, how did we get here? And then to your point, John, and I don't know how much of to your point this matters, but to your point, Sean McDermott basically saying, you look at the last game you played in the playoffs and that tells you who you were as a team for the year. Woof. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Woof. Like that. So, so Sean, you're telling us that that's who you are. That game that we just watched yesterday. That's who you are as a team. That's what you're telling us. Kimmick, you got anything to add to that? Because I, I need to take a break and throw up somewhere. <laughs> Can I throw up in the trash can? <laughs> it's got holes in it. I'm joining you, man. I'm joining you on that one. I just, uh, I'm still speechless. God. I just, yeah. I want to turn the light off. <laughs> uh, I, all right. So I have another comment. All right. Um, which lighting is better for me? This one? Oh, my gosh. Here we go. I'm kidding. See what I deal with, um, Kimmich. So listen, I, I, I want I wanted to bring this up because everybody, you you said running for his life, and I quantified, you know, in the first half. Um, so Dion gave up a bad sack, right? And then Josh missed uh, the safety blitz, right? Yeah. That was on him. And then we had pressure from the right side, but truly, and I, just being fair, because I always defend the offensive line and I, I want to make sure that you guys trust me on this podcast. Roger Saffold was awful. Yeah. And I like him and I want to like him, but he was awful. I'm sorry. And then, um, the holding call on Dion was absolutely terrible. He buried the guy. It was beautiful, yeah, like was every terrible. offensive lineman's dream. Mm-hmm. And then the holding call on Ryan Bates was soft at best. But beyond that, honestly, I, we should have been running the ball a lot more, and it would have helped our passing game, frankly. So, you know, the old quote, uh, Coach, what do you think about uh, your offense? Well, we didn't block anybody, but we made it up. We made up for it on defense by not tackling either. I mean <laughs> – there was there was nothing special happening in the front four and you know i don't know if that was a decision that this the the bengal's offensive line is hurt but we're going to just beat them man to man yeah yeah well when that didn't happen early on then you got to help those guys you got to start moving people around and, and bring some pressure but aside from that it was a flat-footed leslie frazier moment i i just i'm befuddled somebody was, take over because i gotta go was, get the trash can again it was akin it was akin to the jets game well not the jets offensively so uh jets defensively rather it was akin offensively this game was akin to the jets game that we lost this year defensively it was akin to the colts game last year where they just had no answers offensively speaking did either of you see the play and i talked about this on the overreaction show last night did either of you see the play where josh snaps the ball right so he he takes the snap he's in shotgun and upon the snap, he immediately jumps to his right to throw the ball to his right. While that action is happening, at the snap of the ball, Roger Saffold pulls, and he runs around Deion Dawkins to the left like it's a run play. Meanwhile, Josh Allen is in pass mode. He doesn't make the pass because there's nobody open over there, so he pulls the ball down, checks and looks, and ends up running left. But when that play happened, I was like, what the heck? is going on right now josh is going to the right saffold is pulling outside to the left i'm like if i i was i was a loss did either of you see that play if not you've got to go back and watch it can you can you help me out i mean it's four quarters of football quarter two Uh, or three it was quarter two or three i'm pretty sure it was quarter three hmm. well i i just i just watched the first half i didn't see it (laughs) i'll go back you know how i like to like send you screenshots and be like uh 
Well, that's one to look for. The other one to look for was brought up, I believe, by Jeremy White today on WGR 55 this morning when he said that at the Hail Mary pass at the end of the second half for the Bengals, Matt Milano was out wide covering Jamar Chase. Now, I know that you've got everybody back, but still, Matt Milano, and he even said, so my thought was is he was either going to, like, knock him down, right, so, like, check him upon the snap of the ball, or he was going to, like, blitz from wide, and he was going to come in. He goes, nope, at the snap of the ball, Milano turns his shoulders and runs with Jamar Chase, and Jamar Chase had him within seven yards, like, gone right by him. He's like, who comes up with that plan? Uh, if there's a Hail Mary for the Bengals, an all-go route, Matt Milano's covering Jamar Chase. That, that plan was uh, brought to you by the same people who had the last play of the Dallas game on the other side of the ball with, right. uh, uh, with Ezekiel Elliott snapping. Right, exactly. Yeah, What what is – what is happening? What is happening? Kimmick, what kind of wizardry are we witnessing? I have no idea. You know, it's Harry Potter out there, right? Uh, <laughs> well, well stated. So if we're, if we're going to transition to the good, this is going to be a short segment, but can't we do a barbecue read right now? I need a break. <laughs> five minutes. We have five minutes before the barbecue. The oh, good, my God. The good is Q42 barbecue. The good is house capital. The good is, uh, you know. John the, the market dominator. Kristen Kimmick. We're, wait, we're, wait, I'm, wait, wait, wait. Oh, before okay. you, before you, hold your thought. I'm just saying, I really felt like Picasso's should have sent me some damn pizza and wings. Like, I didn't feel like I needed to ask for it. <laughs> <laughs> oh that's hysterical you did ask are they, are they that good are they signed up for next year jay spence is in the room he he yeah i don't know uh am i yeah. allowed to call him out i thought i'd get some pizza i thought you know <laughs> for sure john john fita would get pizza <laughs> the talent <laughs> <laughs> all right what were you gonna ask kimmick i want to hear Kristen it kimmick was He's there crying look all you can see is her ball cap <laughs> i know i actually am crying a little bit though you want to ask me something good there's like maybe three things right now you've got three things Let's <laughs> Whoa, i'd love to hear that <laughs> <laughs> and one of them is that we actually know who to fire now right Oh, 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 oh. Yeah. Well, all right yeah i, I mm. honestly want some heads to roll like we need some switch ups but also um we found some players, I especially think yesterday, that really kind of, they shined a bit when maybe they have been sort of dull gems the rest of the season. Um, I think Khalil Shakir is finally really starting to get his groove. I think that Naheem Hines, we saw a little bit more of rather than just these you know, punt returns. And I think that he's going to have a bigger space hopefully next year. I think that James Cook really kind of came out of his shell this year as well. And he was he had some pretty solid catches yesterday or touches yesterday. And also that was nice to see them actually utilize Dawson Knox a little bit more than normal too, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. John, good, the good for or rebuttals or the good from you, sir. Yeah. I mean, uh, I think with the dedicated running attack with a real, you know, high concept dedication to the running game, we've got four of the five right guys right now i'm really upset with saffold i've been watching him for a while i still think mitch morse is the guy uh ryan bates is playing very well spencer brown is getting better and i think dawkins it's a lot when you throw the ball like we do and you don't have much of a running game to protect and i think that that'll that that helps it helps protect uh so i think there's there's good there um I think Dorsey has got to go back to OC school and start figuring. Oh, wait, we're on the good. Shit. Um, hold on. Give me a minute. I decided not to go with a ball cap tonight because I thought my hair looked all right. Does it look okay? Uh, sure. Okay, that's number two. <laughs> Woo! I need three. Um, uh, look, I think that... Um, I think Dane Jackson plays pretty good football right now. I don't think that they put our guys in great position and it might be some sort of a rollover from having all the injuries. I think that they're a decent crew back there. I just think they're lost in game planning. So I'm going to give a thumbs up to the secondary, whereas the front four that's on the other side. Um, yeah, I don't know where to go after that. Um, so that was it. That's my good. You're going to give us your good. I don't know that I've got so to to Kristen's point. I thought Khalil Shakir's two big catch, two catches were big catches. They were important. well. I didn't want to duplicate. I was trying to go with something ones. original. No, you're fine. You're good. You just said that the defensive backfield looked good in yesterday's game. 
They didn't cover. Well, they couldn't have covered anything. Like they, they did. Well, they weren't asked to. They all they were is, asked to do was sit back in space. That is. They all didn't have a game. My point is, they didn't have a game plan to give them. I'm putting yeah. that on the DC. Yeah. Not Can on you, the players. Has there ever been a time in your professional career? And I know that there's, it was long, so it wasn't short. So, it, you know, it's probably maybe harder to remember. And I know I've asked you questions like this before, and you're like, oh, man, that's that's a tough one. Has there ever been a time where you looked at the game plan and you were like, this is shit? This game plan. Yeah, yeah. My last year it was really bad. I'll tell you this, though. Uh, there is no fear of the Buffalo Bills defense. That's the problem. There's I mean, no there's mystique just, of playing in Buffalo a, in January anymore. No. Well, that I, I get that. I think the, you know the progress of offensive coordinators and quality of receivers and quarterbacks are ca- accounting for a lot of that. Yeah. But we just there's no fear. Like we don't. There's nothing. There's nothing to fear about our defense. Yeah. Yeah. And we don't. And we don't like. We don't even manufacture fear. Like with some cool coverage changes, some blitzes and red dogs and green dogs and blue dogs. I don't even know what color the dogs are because we don't even have any dogs. <laughs> Finishing up the good for me, um, I thought the crowd was great. I thought the fans did a very good job of trying to stay in it. Um, as much They were loud early. They were probably louder than I've heard them at home all season long. Um, they were loud early. They were loud often, even late in the game. When things looked like they were pretty much on the fence and probably over, they were still doing a very good job of being loud. Amazing. Uh, yeah, they, they did a very good job. That snow, I thought the I thought the setting was incredible as far as you know the the snow globe that the game was. It was a little annoying at times, but I thought it was great. I thought I thought I thought the field guys with the shovels and the air blowers did a great job. I thought they did a really <laughs> Yeah, they were fantastic. They Look, I gotta tell you, you your number fashion, you know, they were they were really they were... a highlight too, you know. That's ridiculous. I mean, I could give it to the, the fans because they were brilliant. I mean, I they were amazing. But then when our when your next good best thing is the guys shoveling <laughs> the field the sidelines. <laughs> I was say, you know what we say out here in the West? That there's a dog's ass. <laughs> uh, if it looks wow. like a duck and it quacks like a duck, right? So we have another super chat this time from Pamela. Pamela, thank you so much for being a part of the show. Why is no one talking about the emotional and mental state they were in the past month and a half was a lot for them? Butch always says it's a mental game as much as a physical game. You know, there was a lot of conversation, and there has been. Um, Sal Capaccio has been pining on today just about how tired he is. Um, you know, and he's not even a player as much as he's with the team, is at every practice, is on the team playing, and everything, you know, everything that the players have kind of gone through, he's kind of gone through. Um, there's something to be said for being out of gas. To, I, I think the three of us would say, and most Bills fans would say, or most analysts would say, this goes be, beyond emotion. There was something wrong with the game plans. There was something wrong with the script. There was something wrong with the preparation. There was something wrong with the way they played. But, John, you had your hand raised. I just wanted to say that, um, you know, you like to see it the other way. Like, it feeds you. Like, even though there's even though there's no food in the grocery store you're, you're feeding on that emotion so i see it the other way like why and why didn't they do it because of the game planning so i, I was a good i was fixing to agree with you Kimmick. what do you think yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, are you asking me we are i just said Kimmick. what do you think <laughs> well you said you were fixing to agree and i i zoned out for a second i was fixing fixing to agree with joe as much <laughs> as i hate doing that yeah i think um I'm just going to agree with you on both that one. So Pamela mm. follows up with, it's obvious that they were out of gas. I'm not sure that it was. Were they out of gas last year when they looked like this against the Jaguars? Is that what the problem was? Were they out of gas? Now, they've gone through a lot this year. No. They were um, I think the problem. Maybe emotional gas. The problem with even the emotional gas is you just watched Patrick Mahomes sustain yeah. a high ankle sprain the night before. Maybe even has a knee injury. Not all the information has come out yet. So effectively, you are win this game and you're in the Super Bowl. If that can't fire you up, if that can't give you one more push, if that can't give you one more bit of juice, bit of edge, bit of, I just, I mean, it was, it was, there was, yeah, I just, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. I know. And we don't have this conversation if it's a, if it's a loss by five or three right. or six, right? But this was a dismantling. 
I mean, I've been involved in a few of these and you come off the field and you're like, you don't even want to look in the mirror. Like you just like, you want to cut your pad. Uh, look, Stefan Diggs, honestly, I like couldn't get my gear off fast enough and get the hell out of there because like, it's enough that you won't be able to shed this for a month or two yeah, or yeah. three or four, but physically you want to, and you just want to discard everything about it and get yourself out of that environment as quickly as possible. Yeah. And, you know, another thing I want to say is that, you know, I read a lot on Twitter and this and that, but I hope there's nobody, especially in our comment feed or listening to this, that thinks they're more upset than the players are because it was a poor performance. Don't start saying, Oh, they didn't care. They didn't want it. I, I just, I never buy that crap. They were flat and they sucked, but I, <laughs> they damn well wanted it. That's for sure. You know, stand up a round of applause to that because I'll tell you, I actually had to log off Twitter today because I couldn't stand the digs hate anymore. I mean, like, do you want somebody that doesn't care about the game to that level? Like I think, and everybody's, you know, pulling the, like, Oh, the leaders don't do that. Well, maybe. Oh crap. I mean, this is athletics. This is the, I've seen some stuff from guys that you would consider leaders and you'd be like, Oh, you know, you'd be curl. You'd be pearl clutching. I mean, the guy left the guy left the locker room fast and people are peeing their pants. I mean, think about like when uh, Ken Dorsey had that, you know, the the tantrum with the the iPad. Um, And then Eric Wood even came out and said, like, that's somebody that you want to play for. Agreed. You know, and that's the kind of guys that you also want in our locker room. Right. We want to have the guys that have fire in them. Buffalo Freddy, my man Dan says, hashtag draft fat guys. Draft big, burly, bearded, brawny, angry, mauling fat guys. We haven't done that at all. Hashtag. He sent a message. I don't agree, Draft. man. I mean, you don't agree with that? Like, no, I look, I, I was fortunate that I got to be on the field before the game yesterday with Mimi. I totally, totally surprised her. Uh, she didn't know where we were going. So I'm like, follow me. And we start walking down the steps in the end zone and we're three steps from the, the field. And I look back and I said, you know what? Why don't we just go on the field for a while? And um, I, I swear, I thought she was tearing up. It was insanely cool. I can confirm that. She told me that exact same story today and did tell me she was tearing up. <laughs> and, and then I took her over to the sideline, uh, home sideline. And right before the players went in, I just said, Dion, I met your mother, Lisa, at the mafia house. She's amazing. And now I know why you are. Mm. Right. And he came over and gave, and I'm like, I'm totally fanboying. I don't know if I should be embarrassed or. Or it's like, you know, I'm pretty cool. Uh, he shook my hand. He gave Mimi a big hug. That's awesome. I mean, I was like, uh. McKenna would be so upset right now. That's her favorite player. But yeah. I thought of McKenna. And McKenna, if you're listening, I was definitely thinking of you. And I was wishing that you were with me as well, but not your dad. <laughs> All right, we got to do this read, buddy. Hang on we a do I think read. I think what Freddie's more talking about is probably defensive linemen. So there's something yeah. for who we've drafted, you know, on the defensive line, long, skinny, slim guys. Even Ed Oliver isn't exactly, you know, stout as it pertains to, you know, mat, body mass and size. But you apparently don't like that answer either. So I'll- no, I, well, I love Dan Freddie, and he knows that because we hugged it out yesterday. But listen, Dan, I'm telling you, we go back and watch the film. We can't have guys just flying up field. You can't take a shoulder. If I'm on your outside shoulder, I got to go through the shoulder. Right. I can't just jump outside and create all these seams. And I watched, I, I, I thank God I don't have to watch the second half of this game. Well, you might have to, but yeah. Oh, only if we're going to talk about it later. (laughs) <laughs> let's let's talk about Q42. Yeah, okay. So I'm going to do a special Q42 read because uh Iman Azizi from Q42 was so tired and he forgot and he's so angry that I just pulled up like the last six reads and I just randomly numbered the sentences. So I'm going to read it in no particular in a random order. I don't know why, but this week Q42 has given the fans what they want. Go to Q42 Barbecue and get yourself some handcrafted 100% made in Buffalo barbecue sauces and rubs. Use the code FINA Show and save 15%. It's really 30. Third read. Get your all natural made in Buffalo barbecue sauces and rubs. Punch in that coupon code FINA Show to save 30%. Q42 is all natural, crafted in Western New York with local honey and real ingredients. Number five, just go to Q42Barbecue.com. All those sauces and rubs to your cart. Put them in the coupon code FINA Show, all caps. Get 30% off. 
And what's the best way to celebrate that gritty, gutsy, gravelly, plucky win over the Clevemore Bravens? Buy some Q42. The best way to recap Sunday's game is by typing Pittsburgh Toilet into the Google machine. Check that out. Then head over to Q42BBQ.com. That's Q42BBQ.com. And pump in Fina Show, all capitals, and get your 30% off. Well that done. Been one of the best reads I've ever heard. I'm just surprised that there was no slander on Doritos in that, to be honest. <laughs> wait, wait, I why would there be slander? All... Why would there be slander on Doritos? I totally <laughs> slander Doritos. I do. <laughs> you haven't seen like Eamon's got some disdain for the prices of Doritos. Oh, that's right. That's because he hasn't <laughs> had the sweet spicy chili Doritos yet. If Eamon yeah. had sweet spicy chili Doritos, he'd be like, oh, never mind. <laughs> I gotta I gotta cease and desist from the uh, Doritos Corporation. No, you didn't. No, I didn't. Oh. <laughs> Why do you do this? So due to it was Frito Lay. Due due to the fact that we have been wildly negative most of this show, I don't know that we need to necessarily go on to the things that need work, right? Um, but why we could probably spend the last ten or so minutes of the show just talking about next season a little bit. Um, maybe some areas that we can improve, things that maybe we're we're gonna see that they can do. Um, when you look at this, it's most assuredly possible probable at this point that you know jordan poyer is going to be gone tremaine edmonds there's a question mark out there as to whether or not he's going to be signed um you know you look at just all roger saffold is gone there's a list out there of all the players i think i think self i can find it sal capaccio has a list out there i'll look it up right now just all the guys that are potentially going to be gone from this team or you know are free agents or restricted free agents un, un, uh unrestricted or re restricted why don't we just talk real quick what's the first position group gimmick that you would upgrade I'm glad you asked her. Ooh, um, oh, well, I think. The offensive line? Yep. yep. I think. Um, what, so are you in the in the position John is in when you talk about just, uh, you know, one position there? Or is it a situation just, just Roger Saffold? Or do you feel like we need work in other areas as well? Um, I think that there's too many holes. So whether, I mean, obviously scaffold is a big issue, right? But I think that we've got a few more guys in there that I think that they've got, they've got the power to fix it. And I really can't identify what the, the missing link is there, obviously right. outside Roger, but I think there's, there's guys that could just use more work and we can keep them. Right. Um, but I think, you know, redrafting some of the plays, things like that to maybe be more to their strong suit. Right. Stuff like that, but um, Ryan, Ryan Bates was had a glowing review of Aaron Cromer today uh, in his uh, exit interview uh, with the yeah. press, which was great. Um, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what the Buffalo Bills do there. Just to give you guys an idea, so uh, unrestricted unrestricted free agents or practice squad players, Matt Barkley. So these are all free agents, practice squad players. Matt Barkley, Duke Johnson, Cole Beasley, who said today he wants to come back to Buffalo and pretty much nice. made it sound like the only place he wants to play is Buffalo. Uh, John Brown, Tanner Gentry, uh, Keyshawn Johnson, Alec Anderson. You're not going to know most of these guys. I'll give you the other ones as well. I know Ryan, Alec Anderson. I got my picture with him yesterday. There you go. Ryan Van DeMark, uh, Jamarcus Ingram, Kyler McMichael, Joe Giles Harris, Kendall Vickers, Cortez Boughton, Mike Love, and Kingsley Jonathan, who actually played quite a bit in yesterday's football game. Yeah. Now, the actual uh, uh, unrestricted, or I should say the free agents, if you will, uh, are going to be Jay Kumaro. Jamison Crowder, who also said that he wants to come back to Buffalo. Ike Butker, Tommy Doyle, Micah Hyde is unrestricted. Uh, no, that isn't right. He's after next year. That isn't right. So Micah Hyde is a, is on this team next year. Christian Benford, that doesn't sound right either. This can't be right. I don't no, know. No, that can't be right. I don't know what you're reading. But I'll tell you, I talked to Tommy Doyle on the sideline, too. He's a great guy. I apologize. And I, I, yeah. I, hope he, uh, I hope he really starts to step up and deliver. So for but some you, reason, but you asked you asked Kimmick the question. She went O line, and I'm okay with that as an answer. But hang on, hang on sorry. So I need to right. read you these again because that was a that was a graphic that looks exactly like this one that 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 Sal had. I know. Been. I was I was I was giving you the amount of time to find the actual right graphics. Yes. Go so ahead. Finish your, state, finish your statement, then I'll talk through this real quick. No. Okay. So Kimmick's like, oh, like everybody's like, oh, the O line. Josh was on the run all the time. Fair. I'll, I'll take that as fair, even mm. though fifty percent of them belong to Josh or the receivers or the tight end half the time, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. But I'll say this: like, you you look at the numbers offensively, and you want to do more, so you say offensive line. But our defensive line is littered with first and second round picks, mm -hmm. and we can't get anything done up front. 
anything. And even with that said, I'm going to say this. I still don't know who our wide receiver is after Stefan Diggs. I don't know who it is. Yeah. It's probably a slot guy. Jerry Ostrowski and I were having fun with that. Was it Jerry or was it uh... Jerry plays slot now? No, who was it? I was, I was, I was, I can't remember. Anyway, you're not wrong. So uh, I'm going to give you the unrestricted free agents and the restricted free agents. Restricted free agents first. Tyrell Dotson. So these are guys that the Bills can keep if they match an offer. Dane Jackson, Cam Lewis. That's it. Unrestricted restricted free agents. Devin Singletary. So these are guys that can go get the best deal they can get if they don't want to sign with Buffalo. Taiwan Jones, Jay Spencer King. Big fan of Taiwan Jones. For oh, Jay Spence is a free agent? No. He's staying with Buffalo Rumblings, baby. <laughs> Cole Woo. Beasley, Jake Kumaro, so that name rang a bell, Jamison Crowder, Tommy Sweeney, Roger Saffold, David Quesenberry, Ike Bucker, Greg Van Roten, Bobby Hart. There's a lot. Like, there's a lot of names on here. That's just the offense. Sam Martin, Jordan Poyer, Jaquan Johnson, Dean Marlowe. So if you're losing if you're losing Jordan, Jaquan, Dean, and DeMar is not able to play next year, you're stuck with basically Micah Hyde and Jared Maiden. Those are your guys, right? Because I don't think they're bringing Jaquan Johnson to start on this defense. Do you? Do either of you think that that's going to happen? Probably not. Uh, AJ Klein, Tyler Medikevich, which Medikevich to me, you've got to keep. Tremaine Edmonds, there's been a lot of conversation about him. Jordan Phillips, and then Shaq Lawson is the last name on that list when you're talking about just player moves. But offensive line, you know, there's a lot of guys that might not be on this roster next year. Roger Saffold, David Quesenberry, Ike Bucker, Greg Van Roten, Bobby Hart. Like just if we if we just start with Kimmick's point, the offensive line. Now you mm-hmm. said the wide receiver room. So the Buffalo Bills, you know, I've been critical of the wide receiver room all year long. Um, just because they went with three boundary receivers, one of which was Jake Kumaro, and they started the season with four slots, starting three slots every game, which is really it was Bruce. I was having this conversation with Bruce Nolan, and he he Bruce came up with an offensive concept. He said, What if we went with all slots and we called it the casino formation? So we just like put all slot receivers on the field and it was the casino formation. I thought it was brilliant. I was like, you're amazing. Um, but, you know, Cole Beasley, Jake Kumaro, Jamison Crowder, John Brown is on the practice squad. That's pretty much it, right? So Stefan Diggs, Gabe Davis, Isaiah McKenzie is signed. He's got one more year in his deal, Khalil Shakir being a rookie. So from a, from a, from a wide receiver standpoint, your point is valid. Kristen, what are your thoughts after Stefan Diggs? Do you make, do you package? Do you find a way to send some people to Arizona for nuke. Yeah, I would. Once I mean, you, once you brought that up, I think that you guys all have, you know, you both have really valid points on that. Um, looking a little bit deeper. We don't know who are, you know, our wide receiver two is. Um, I just don't think that the guys that we do have right now are strong enough. Do I think they have potential, but they're young. You know, I, I just want to know what it is about Josh Allen and wide receivers that have a 50% catch rate. Like why did Gabe end up with a 50% catch rate? You go get a guy like Deandre Hopkins right? And you put them across the field from Stefan Diggs. That's what you do. And immediately Gabriel Davis is a very good wide receiver again. It's weird how that works, right? Yeah. What, what happened to Gabe? I just feel like last year he was so much stronger. He was somebody we could count on a lot more than we could this year. He was picking and up, the, he was picking up the, the nickel corner. He was, he was, he, so was he was, he was, he was the, most teams, nickel corners aren't Taron Johnson. Mo- or right. Buda Baker or guys like that, like well, Buda Baker's a safety, but you know what I'm saying? Like they're guys that are way down on the on the on the roster. They're they're nickel corners for a reason. Taron Johnson is the exception to that rule. He's rated, I think, one of the like in the top 10 of corners in the league or the top 15 of corners in the league. Right. But that's literally what happened. All of a sudden, he ended up with a really good corner on him every single football game. Yeah. Well, he dropped a big one in the third or fourth quarter, yes, whatever the hell it was. I mean, I was I was really kind of uh, slack-jawed when I saw that on the replay. I had to go to the bathroom and, you know, scream. I didn't. I don't want to scream where I was. I was in a suite where people were, let's just say, uh, you know, it was like having Twitter on all the time in my mm. suite, and I was like, I, I need to go. It was. Right. It was pretty rough. So I did a series of shows. Um, before the season started, uh, three men enter, two men leave. And it was basically Tremaine Edmonds, Jordan Poyer, and Ed Oliver, right? Ed Oliver's going to be playing on his fifth-year option next year, this 2023, for $10 million, 10.7, I think, million a year, or for that year. Are you packaging? Are you are you riding with Ed Oliver? Is Ed Oliver a guy that you're potentially trying to move? Are you keeping Tremaine Edmonds? Are you keeping Jordan Poyer? Because to me, I, I, I feel like I'm keeping Poyer. I, I feel like... 
I'm, I'm I'm keeping Phillips. I'm keep Daquan's on the team. Settles on the team. I feel like you can move Ed. You can find another guy in free agency that's a one year guy, and maybe I'm keeping Jordan back there with Micah. Doesn't that sound like that's probably a little more important? Uh, I, I I'm going to tell you I don't disagree with anything you said there. I mean I would also consider letting Epinesa go. I don't know what the or dealing him if he can. I think, I think he's got one more year in his deal. He's got one more year, but you know they, they you could deal him. You could. I mean be. he's had. It's, I mean this the sack numbers might look fair for him, but uh, the impact is what I'm talking about. Like at the end of the season, oh, I got 10 sacks. Well, you know, you got all your sacks in games. We won by 28 points when six the game, and a half, six you know and what I mean? Sacks. And they were all, somebody, somebody on Twitter said they were the quietest six and a half sacks anybody's ever had. And that's the problem is, is the production of our front four is a quiet production mm. when it doesn't quite matter. I don't want to say it that way. Right. Uh, but honestly, I think uh, it's it's DC that is going to be. A, there's going to be a talk about that. The the, the the defensive coordinator position is going to be probably the biggest conversation in this week, this coming week. What's amazing to me is guys like Spagnolo from Kansas City, who used to be a head coach, who's a head coach of the Giants for I think just two years, and then got fired, couldn't cut it, and nobody talks about him for a head coaching job either. And that dude is brilliant. Um, I don't know the guy's name, but the guy that's now in charge of Cincinnati's defense. It's it's going to be interesting to see what the Bills do. You know, to Kimmick's point earlier, just you know, accountability and like. Well, I'll, ta- I'll tell coach, you, I, I don't, I don't think Spagnuolo, Spagnuolo wants to be a head coach. He's right. been around long enough. He's got, you know, the, the only upside of being the head coach is making like uh, you know one point four more than the other guys. You're right. a D coordinator. You're you're probably still pulling in eight or nine hundred, right? Right. For sure. If all for all the headache of being a two point four, five point two head coach, I don't, I don't know. They're I don't making, know if he wants it again. Andy Reid's probably making closer to ten. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't know if it's worth it. I mean, I'd rather be the CEO of a healthcare insurance company, you know, that does a horrible job taking care because you're not like dragged in the media every day. Right. Right. I'm just, right. Hey, I'm just a guy who's denying claims, man. <laughs> That's hilarious, Kristen Kimmick. We're gonna get up on up on out of here. You have been a wonderful guest. Any final thoughts? Um, on anything that we've talked about. And then once again, tell us about what you do, what you represent and where people can find you. Yeah. I think um, rolling out of this one was still a solid go bills. And we can be frustrated, but there was also a lot of good in this season. And then we've obviously found out yesterday, like the things that we need to work on. Um, They were blaringly obvious. And I'm just really hopeful that over the off season that we get those wrinkles ironed out um, and, and rock and roll again next year, right? So yeah. going back to what we've always said for years and years, there's always next year, but this time I really believe it. Mm. Um, so yeah, I am the uh, president and founder of the Bills Mafia Babes. You can find us at Bills Mafia Babes across all of the socials, um, at Chemix86 across the socials for myself. And uh, yeah, we, uh, we work with different charities every month. So just check in on those and see what you can do to do some good for the community. That's awesome. John Fina, final thoughts. I got to bring Mimi Fina to her first game. It was awesome. I got to meet right? Mimi Fina. A lot of uh, us got to meet all, Mimi Fina. Uh, like having her at the Bills Mafia house and, uh, you know, with Kimmick today, entertaining her since I had to leave early. I mean, for me, that's a, that's a winning season, right? I'm like 19-0. Uh, and 0. I just won the Super Bowl. My kid had a great time. I got closer to the the Bills Mafia, the Bills Mafia babes. I'm, you know, I'm growing relationships in Western New York from 2,300 miles away beyond a, a random comment on Twitter. Yeah. So for me, uh, football is, you know, it's less important than my relationship with the people on the screen in the comments, uh, Demar Hamlin's life. Mm. Uh, mm. So it's a win for me. Uh, are they better next year? I hope so. But will I be all the poorer if I'm not hanging out with you guys next year? Well, that's for sure. So I I think that the Buffalo Bills are a better football team if they put people around Josh Allen that can help him. As much as Josh Allen has Superman moments and magic Harry Potter moments where he does the unthinkable and all-world things, if you surround him with more weapons and more guys – 
I think he can be better. For God's sake, stop drafting defensive linemen to rotate at 48% and can't get the job done in the first two rounds. Go find some people that can help Josh Allen, which I think James Cook can do next year. So I think one piece of that is there. Obviously, Diggs is there. Um, they're going to have to find a second wide receiver, boundary receiver. Uh, I like the idea of Cole Beasley coming back and Khalil Shakir being behind him as far as that goes. Fix the offensive line. Uh, there's opportunity to fix this. And if you've got to focus on the offense and let the defense fall a little bit, you know, when you look at the drafting of Kair Elam in the first round, did they even need to draft him in the first round? They could have taken anything else there and kept Dane Jackson and Christian Benford on the field other than Christian getting hurt, I know. But I think there's a lot of opportunity to your point, John, about the Bills being good next year. I think there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of opportunity for them to bounce back. And the reality is, is, there isn't a more resilient fan base in the NFL. It's Thank what, God. It's, it's what we Thank do. Thank God for the Bills and Mafia. As much as we're not talking right now, we'll wake up in the morning and the sun will come up. Maybe not in Buffalo, but the sun will come up. <laughs> okay, wait, 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 wait. I got to I, I have a video. <laughs> yeah. It snowed in Tucson, Arizona, outside my window right there. It didn't stick, but the mountains are absolutely covered with That's snow. That's gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. So, How often does that happen? Uh, every every every, like? every two years we get snow coming down here, but every year the mountains are covered with snow at least three to five times. That's beautiful. Okay. That's beautiful. We we just want to see the sun, right? So we just want to see the sun. But I'm I'm excited yeah. for next year already. We'll put this behind us at some point. Next week we will have the last Fina show of the season. Uh, tomorrow, Jay Spencer King and the Code of Conduct. Uh, Wednesday, the Hump Day Hotline will be the special time, 9 p.m. Thursday, three-man rush, Friday, food for thought. But ladies and gentlemen, you have been tuned into the Off Tackle with John Fina Show, brought to you by the Market Dominator team on the Buffalo Rumblings Vidcast Network, presented by Picasso's Pizza. My name is Joe Miller. That's John Fina. That's Kristen Kimmick. Thanks to John Spaschek and the Market Dominator team. Thanks to Brian Bells from the House Capital Group. Thanks to Iman and Q42. Ladies and gentlemen, that's all we got for you this evening. On behalf of me, John, Kristen, go Bills. Go Bills. Uh, where's my free pizza? Go Bills. <laughs>